Well, let's turn to the story of the day. If you have a mortgage, I know I do, a lot of Australians do, and if you aren't on a fixed rate, then you would have felt the impact of rising interest rates. The cash rate has today increased again by 0.25 of a percent to 3.6%. That means if your mortgage is half a million dollars, it's another $77 added to monthly repayments. So, for example, someone with a loan that size... Uh, it's, well, an extra $983 a month since the first rate rise in May 2022, or 42%. That's a huge hit for most people's budget. I'm sure mortgage brokers' phones are ringing off the hook. Federal Assistant Treasurer Stephen Jones, welcome to you. Good to be with you. Are you disappointed that the RBA has increased the cash rate today? We're really feeling for the households and the small businesses who are doing it tough. This is the 10th consecutive increase since the beginning of May last year and you know an average household could be paying as much as a thousand dollars more per month for their mortgage that's a big hit um, uh, so you know it's our job to ensure the the Reserve Bank independent sets monetary policy and interest rates independent of the government uh, but it's important that from our point of view we do our bit to ensure that we don't make a bad situation worse and that we put downward pressure on interest rates through spending constraint and by ensuring that where possible we're providing relief to households, particularly in the area of energy relief, which is a big priority for us. I do want to come to that in some more detail in a moment, but what is interesting this time around, the 10th time, there's been calls from the ACTU and the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry for the RBA to pause rate rises. Is that something that you'd like to see? Look, nobody wants to see interest rates go any higher than they absolutely need to to uh, deal with inflation. And you know, I'm sure the Reserve Bank is not doing this um, uh, for no reason. We know that the, we have a national interest in ensuring that we bring inflation down. Um, yeah, inflation's a tax on households and it hits poor households more than anyone else. So... We have a national interest in ensuring that inflation is brought under control. Now, what we're starting to see in, in the national figures is that it looks like we might have peaked and hopefully we'll start to see that turn around sometime over the course of this year. Important for government to do its job, let the Independent Reserve Bank do its job. Nobody wants to see interest nobody wants to see anyone paying any more than on their mortgage than they absolutely have to. You use the words higher than necessary there. What if the RBA has overreached? Are you concerned about that? Look, difficult job. Um, you know, the monetary policy is very, very blunt instrument. Um, so the Reserve Bank's doing a difficult job in really difficult circumstances. There's a big risk in um, you know, either undershooting or overshooting. You undershoot and uh, the inflation numbers get away from you and that hurts everyone. It hurts investment, it hurts households who are paying more and you know, basic cost of living, um, and uh, if you overshoot, uh, it means the economy is slowed quicker and more money is sucked out of the economy than is absolutely necessary. So difficult job in getting the balance right. Uh, acknowledge that, and uh, important for the government to ensure that you know we don't have the Reserve Bank with a foot on the brake and the government with a foot on the accelerator, which is why we're putting so much into our restraint in terms of what we're spending money on in the budget and ensuring that where we are investing, it's around dealing with some of those 
things that are adding to inflationary pressure. So we don't have enough skilled workers um, ensuring that we're investing more in skills. Um, we've got problems with energy prices ensuring that through our $1.5 billion household and small business energy relief package, we're bringing down the cost of energy and the impact of energy on households. The Reserve Bank has acknowledged that this will make a difference in the inflation outlook as well and in other areas right across the economy we're looking at what we can do to deal with these supply side issues that you know, we've inherited. Um, that's not to take away for one moment from the difficulty that households are going through right now. There has been a lot of criticism of RBA Governor Philip Lowe. Uh, it's like he's got a dartboard on his back, uh, certainly for the average Australian. But would replacing him solve anything at all? I mean, isn't this more of a systemic issue? I mean, Ross Gittins has written that it's basically a rotten system, let alone uh, you know anything to do with who's currently the governor of the RBA. Yeah, look, frankly, it's not about any individual. The Reserve Bank board meets and makes a decision of as a, as a collective. Uh, it's just falls to the governor to announce the decision of the collective. Um, so it's not about any individual. And of course, you know, when you're going through um, a situation that we're going through now and coming out of the off the back of the COVID crisis and the international turmoil that we're all experiencing, it does you know, require us to reflect upon monetary policy and upon all of those things. So, um, yeah, our so... job right now, though, if I could be just... Our job right now and the job of the government is to ensure that fiscal policy uh, is uh, heading in the right direction and ensuring, uh, as your listeners would well know, that we aren't adding through um, government spending to a problem which makes inflation worse. Assistant Treasurer Stephen Jones, do you think we need to reassess our target inflation rate? I mean, a number of economists have suggested we could tolerate a higher rate of inflation, particularly given where rates are globally as we speak. Look, I don't think it's helpful that I make um, comments in that area now when we're in the middle of dealing with a very, very difficult set of circumstances. Um, quite apart from that, um, you know, one of the first acts that the Treasurer um, did when we came into government was to announce a review of the Reserve Bank and um, its governance arrangements to ensure that what we have is settings that are fit for the circumstances that we're facing now and into the future. When will the public not specifically, find out like about that Reserve Bank review? I mean, should, uh, mm. shouldn't it be Can um, I just make this, this point? Yeah, sure. Can I just make it's not specifically about monetary policy settings, but about the the Reserve Bank as a whole and governance arrangements as a whole. It's not about any one individual or any specific policy decision. Um, uh, and yes, when Cabinet's had the opportunity to go through and when the Treasurer and the Cabinet have had the opportunity to go through uh, the recommendations and the outcomes of that report, then of course that, that'll be made public and um, I'm sure it'll set off a, a lively public discussion. But between now and then, it's important that we deal with the cards that we've got, responsible fiscal strategy, ensuring that it works in tune with uh, monetary policy and doesn't make a bad situation worse. Well, the other lively discussion that's happening uh, across uh, the country at the moment is really about the big banks. Uh, Westpac's chief economist, Bill Evans, will join me after five o'clock today. Aussies uh, will point to record profits and ask the question, do they need to pass on the rate rises? What do you think? We've got the ACCC looking at um, a related issue at the moment, and that is the gap between 
uh, and the time gap, between, the lag, if you like, between interest rates going up and being passed on to people with mortgages and interest rates going up but not being passed on to deposit holders, particularly people um, who you know, are reliant on fixed-term deposits. Um, it's called a lag profit inside the banking system. Um, we think there's an issue here to be looked at. We've asked the independent ACCC to do an analysis of it because it's something I can tell you I hear complaints from uh, Australians, particularly retirees, all the time, that interest rates go up, but the, the amount of money they earn on their deposits and their fixed-term deposits aren't going up. Independent Senator David Pocock has said Labor needs to look at capital gains tax discounts on investment properties and negative gearing to increase housing availability. Is that something Labor's looking at? No, it's not. Um, we're in the middle of a, a policy debate and our desire to get through the reforms that we've announced in relation to high balance superannuation. We think that's the right place to start. We received a report on coming into government which showed that we had you know, uh, several thousands of accounts uh, well in excess of $3 million, some in excess, I think there's 17 in excess of $100 million, one over $400 million. Um, the tax concessions um, are not affordable. Nobody could argue that those superannuation um, accounts are about retirement income. They're about tax minimisation or about estate planning, but they're not around, around about retirement income and they've got to be reined in. We're going to do that. That's where our focus is, Andy, and... Um, you know, I'm not at all interested in starting speculation around other areas of of, of policy. It's simply not on our agenda. If you just join me, Federal Assistant Treasurer Stephen Jones is here on RN Drive on the news of a 10th consecutive rate rise by the Reserve Bank of Australia today. I do want to move to super, uh, Stephen. This, well, there's new modelling that's found that one in 10 Australians retiring on 30 years' time or in 30 years' time will be impacted by Labor's plans to double the concessional tax rate on super balances above $3 million from 15% to 30%. This was modelling that was done by the Parliamentary Budget Office. Did Labor seek to hide that modelling about the indexing? Oh, absolutely not. You know, it's about as meaningful as saying that we've got modelling that says if real wages don't go up, oh, sorry, if wages don't go up over the next 30 years, then Australians, uh, all Australians, including those on $100,000 salaries, are going to be on the poverty line. It's about as meaningful as saying that. Um, but, but why didn't Labor the, divulge that information? I mean, the, we heard that figure of point half a half a percent of people. Now this modelling says one in ten. Why, why didn't Labor raise because this? Because it assumes that there is no chance. The, the number that you're referring to assumes that at no stage over the next 30 years will a government change a threshold around which an additional taxation payment is made on high-balance superannuation funds. And that's an absurd assumption, an absolutely absurd assumption. We don't index our personal income tax thresholds. In fact, if you look across all of the tax thresholds, the, the default rule is that they're not indexed, which gives governments the flexibility down the track to adjust them as circumstances uh, prevail. Now, it's absurd to suggest, as Angus Taylor and others in the Liberal Party are suggesting, that no government over the next 30 years is going to make an adjustment to those thresholds. Absolutely absurd. But we are equally certain that we've got the number right at 3 million. Um, uh, 3 million 
is the reasonable level at which we can say to Australians, it is reasonable that the taxpayers, through the budget, should subsidise the retirement income savings of Australians. And once you're over $3 million, you can still have money in super, but you're not going to attract the most generous taxation concessions. They'll still be generous at 30%, but not as generous as they are at below $3 million at 15%. And that's an incredibly reasonable proposition. Just lastly, Labor is planning changes to franking credits. The opposition says between franking credits and superannuation, that's twice the Prime Minister has broken an election promise. Do they have a point here? You know, um, the policy that, um, or the proposition that we're going to put before the Parliament in, in uh, the, over the next fortnight in this area is something that was announced by none other than Scott Morrison when he was the Treasurer. And he did it in the 2017 mid-year financial and economic outlook. He announced it. He said that it would apply. In fact, he said it would apply retrospectively, but didn't get around to legislating it. And there are lots of measures like this that are announced by one government. They don't get around to doing it, and then they are implemented by a subsequent government. So if the Liberal Party and the Coalition are against this proposition, they're actually against an initiative that was announced by their own government. It has nothing to do um, with the policy that the then Labor leader and the then Labor opposition took to the 2019 election. And here's a guarantee that I can make overwhelmingly, everybody who is getting those franking uh, credit distribution checks today, all of those mum and dad investors are getting them today, will get them um, uh, after this measure is put in place because it is something which affects institutional investors. And the question that your listeners need to ask themselves is when was the last time I engaged in an off-market share buyback? (laughs) And the answer, they will say, is never. I wouldn't even know what they are. And this is only a measure that applies to off-market share buybacks, which is something that is conducted between large uh, businesses and almost exclusively large institutional investors. Well, we'll hold you to that promise. Federal Assistant Treasurer Stephen Jones, appreciate your time. Good afternoon to you. Good to be with you. Getting in touch with ABCRN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.